It is usually quiet anyway. So I wanted to read this article on um, the one that I shared there with you, the link. And I'll share that in our Discord. Well, he shared it with me and I shared it in the Discord. And by the way, you're all welcome to join and participate. Don't be jerks because you'll be Automod will kick you out so and if Automod doesn't I will. <laughs> if you're a jerk you don't belong in there. But um yeah you have to be a jerk to get kicked out. So this article says autism different not less and there's different kinds obviously and you know blah blah blah. Uh, it's true, it's just, you know, Western Pharma has um, made distinctions to sell you pills and to patent stuff, right? Like, so that's why when I say blah blah, that's really what I'm channeling <laughs> my own opinion on this whole thing. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> this being said, some people, um, you know, whether it's because they see that they can make money helping different people or because, you know, they have good intentions, they do exist, those people with good intentions, uh, they, you know, this particular person here at Eggshell Therapy, she, she's from Australia and she focuses on helping people who have this kind of uh, challenges because it's not the neurodivergent that uh, is it's not a challenge because they're lesser you know it's because actually they function differently and I can relate very much so <laughs> I understand this I've never been diagnosed because I've never really you know in my time they weren't even diagnosing this stuff really and they would just you know, treat them like uh, lesser being really that was the truth I I had terrible migraines my whole life and psoriasis and unfortunately um, you know back then they didn't care much for that stuff either so in a way I totally relate um, to many things that they actually talk about in this article um, except for when they talk about they have this incredible memory um, I cannot recall stuff many times um, because of what I went through the trauma actually affects the memory and also the ability to read a map and remember geography which has always been my problem so I think the combination of probably being a bit on the spectrum uh, and having this oversensitivity and these physical, real physical issues because I did almost die, suffocated and I was in an incubator for 5 days when I was 12 days old so uh, that affected my neurological system clearly and survival and it's um, ingrained inside of me, right? because when it happens so young it's that's why I say I have a systemic problem because I actually had proper life threatening you know events and then my whole life was sort of like that where there's people who go through war who have it way worse but you know if that's what you're comparing your life to you know it's not that great right so yeah there's lots of people who have a lot of shittier life but um for my local you know where i was born and raised it wasn't the norm and so that sends out even more, I think, in our subconscious and in our child mind that is not ready for such crap. And so I think the combination of this and then what pharma was imposing on us, because, I mean, if I had my say, obviously, I would have never gotten any of that shit inside of my body. Because they only gave me problems. And that's why I speak about it because you know I think everybody should be able to choose for themselves what they want to inoculate themselves with if anything and you know we are the ones after all who pay for the consequences right so it's only the people trying to impose shit on us pay for our uh, bill our vet bill <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> well that's no more than the doctors they train <laughs> quoting Dr. Robert Morse 
<laughs> it's a funny joke, but it's true. In many cases, you know, they just give you pills and stuff, and I don't uh, do well on any of that shit, so no thanks. But, you know, the bottom line is none of this in my time was looked at, taken seriously, nor into account. And so, not only I didn't get any help, I actually was shamed and treated like shit because of it. And um, I was left out of, you know, um, chances basically because um, also my interests didn't match the interests of my father, who was the one with the purse strings. And my mom, you know, um, it's the belief system, you know, of the old school is that the male is the head of the family, and unfortunately, you know. Most of them bought into that bullshit. So he was the one with the purse string and he didn't give a shit about any of the stuff I cared about, including uh, learning psychology and, you know, getting into that world, which is what obviously I was being right at. It's good I didn't because I don't believe in their Western methods, but at the same time, if I did, it would have opened some doors to having a little different uh, experience including how many idiots trust you more because you have one of those insignificant pieces of paper. But the bottom line is, in this world of bullshit, um, having those papers make a difference between having credibility and not, you know? So you find yourselves with people like uh, the ordiners who are doing a good job, but I mean, let's face it, none of them have the extensive, true blue direct experience in this world. They met a lot of famous people who claim they do, but they, you know, they obviously don't and those people are not the best in the industry. It's just they were the best at delivering things in a certain way and also they had credibility because their friends were famous. So unless you're famous or you have famous friends or you kiss the right asses, you know, Good luck, it doesn't matter what your true value is. We live in a world of fakery and mockery and what matters is having those pieces of paper. So yeah, it would have made a difference. Even though I wouldn't have agreed with most things I would learn there, um, it would have made a difference and ultimately look at uh, doctors like um, Bruce Lipton, you know, he's only the dude who, <laughs> discovered where the real brain of the cells are is and it's not exactly what western you know old western biology was teaching us i still have that book by the way from eons ago so where he did say that so <laughs> i have proof of what i'm saying in writing but <laughs> you know <laughs> of course he was male and in the usa so it's quite a difference than being a female from a regular family that doesn't really support you getting education because my dad was all against it he was all for the male you know learning but he was more about learn a job you know and of course his mentality uh, worked to a point because I'm, I'm very practical and I can do a lot of different practical stuff but having the chance to have tools that you can find at the university. You can disagree with what they're doing, but you can still use the tools, right? So I missed out. I missed out on a lot of stuff that many people take for granted. And, um, you know, on top of it, having these kind of challenges that never went recognized and never having any money 
uh, given to me because of this, you know, like some people at least have a pretty cushy life in comparison to me. Oh, yeah, I got this, but you know, the government gives me money every month for it. I never got shit. And uh, it's just, you know, really frustrating overall for someone who, um, you know, has some kind of intelligence to see this and to realize that, hmm, the only option I have here is to change my point of view and actually, you know, um, just look at it from a good perspective. Because otherwise you just stay stuck in that predicament forever. So there's lots of people who are in the same shit situation and they found a way out, right? So if you're not working on it correctly, you're just gonna sit there and feel sorry for yourself and get angry. And that's what a lot of people are into, right? And it's easy to get into that, especially when you see your lifelong work go to shits because of, you know, like in the past three years, what they've done is really destroy the middle class and destroy all small businesses. And, you know, businesses like Amazon have thrived, right? They're corporations, you know, they're the modern slavery system. Their slaves may be paid well, some of them, but a lot of them aren't. Um, and the bottom line is, you know, um, I've been buying from Amazon from almost the start of its inception, so I'm not uh, fighting it in that way. Uh, I think it has its place, especially for those of us who, you know, didn't have the kind of money to go in a store, and it was very expensive. Um, however, uh, there's to say, you know, that uh, you can support small businesses from Amazon. It's not like you just have to buy from the entities, right? So, it's just um, how it works. If I didn't hate shopping and I didn't have money issues, you know, I would have gladly gone to a smaller store and supported a small business. So, I support them through Amazon the best I can. And of course, in the past three years, we've all been very limited, depending where you're located here, where we are, we've been extremely limited by the bullshit that they've tried to impose on everybody, thank you to Trudy Castro, and his ignorance and, you know, cult affiliation with bullshit. And here we are, you know, living under bullshit rules because the majority of the idiots who live here accept it because, again, if you say no, it's all gone, like literally tomorrow. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, most individuals who are currently on this earth are not very intelligent thinking, you know, they literally buy into any side of bullshit propaganda that mainstream feeds them. As long as you do it in the right way, which is not really hard, you know, keep repeating it, feed it to them in form of video games, music, any entertainment, entertainment, you know, anything that will go into their unconscious directly and just make them convinced it's how it is. And anyone who says otherwise is bad. <laughs> and this is how autism has also been looked at, and that's why I'm talking about this, because um, a lot of people, you know, even to this day, I mean, there's people who <laughs> say, oh, I must be autistic. To them, it's interchangeable with, don't, don't be autistic. 
meaning don't be an asshole. Yeah, I'm not joking. And there's people who do content on this. It's funny. I have heard it myself. That's why I'm talking about it. It's not just, you know, some people trying to make content. I have heard it. And it's, um, it's funny how, you know, in my time, and even now, I, I had a friend who just told me, apparently in the UK, they're trying to uh, get rid of all of them, kill them or something. Euthanism, they call it. <laughs> they call it murder, but whatever. Um, yeah, I said, well, I'm not surprised because, you know, I'm Italian, so <laughs> I have a little different opinion of a lot of things that North Americans think <laughs> because they've never been outside of America or if they have not speaking Italian or other languages, they don't really understand the nuance. You know, the different nuances, they, they think shit because they are brainwashed. And they don't have enough intelligence to actually observe and learn by watching what's really going on. <laughs> it's sad. But, you know, I like traveling. It's just, um, I stopped traveling because um, money situation. But the main reason is because of 9-11 and all the bullshit draconian rules they were pushing because of the other side up called 9-11 and you know I just was like fuck this I'm not taking this bullshit I mean it's not relaxing anymore when you go travel and you have all these ridiculous fucking rules you know and it's obvious that it's not at all for keeping you any safer it's just to take away your rights your natural rights and your freedoms and I'm sorry I'm just not for that so you know if you want to call that autistic go right ahead and it's not it's just how it goes but a lot of people have you know uh, done and said stupid shit like that I myself have been called bipolar well crazy numerous times also because I don't believe in um, a globe <laughs> I'm not an idiot I know how physics works and I know everything that NASA tells you is a bunch of fucking bullshit lies and remember NASA only makes 62 mil a day from tax dollars that you and I and everybody pays and those dollars instead of going towards things that could help those in need you know hunger you know, no home and so forth animals in need you know plants and whatever stuff that is real um they they put it toward bullshit 62 million a day it's not a little change guys no so if you're wondering where all your money is going that's where it's going to bullshit you know and then of course all these um so you call them chemtrails they call you conspiracy theories but they call them solar um uh, something or other it's something to do with solar refraction uh, mirroring blah blah because basically what they're doing is they're spraying all these aerosols crap in the atmospheres and it's easy to see by the way because you see the trails there for hours after the plane has come by and normal planes the trail goes away pretty fast so know the difference and wake the fuck up but if you have never noticed this because you are literally a sleeper who never ever spends time outside nor looks up or observes which many of you are that way because you're too busy going after what amorans and all those losers <laughs> too busy watching idiots who literally are there to sell you bullshit and keep you occupied 
while they mock all this stuff because they're not the ones who live in shit little homes and who don't have enough money to feed their kids and so forth. You are, right? <laughs> so, again, they're your friend. Yeah, right. That's why they live the life they live and you, well, you live the life you live, right? Which is also the life I live. It's just awesome. It's awesome because I don't give a fuck about that shit. But the bottom line is, part of my French, it's just ridiculous that we are in this kind of situation today and people who are telling you the truth, you know, you call them all kinds of names while the so-called authorities, quote-unquote, are telling you they're doing it. They just call it a different name. Like Fauci was telling you all along what was going on. You just end up calling gene therapy a different name. That's all. Because they have the game of words, you know? It's all about double talk. And unless you clarify and you put them in front of the clarification and even so, they will double talk this shit out of everybody. And then according to their fake laws, because I mean, let's face it, the only real law is the natural law, they're gonna play it up to their advantage. So there's no justice, especially when you don't have money. Justice is only for the rich, if you don't know. And if you don't know this, oh, you must be really inexperienced in life and not realize what's really going on out there. But autism is among these people, basically, in a way. They have been treated like shit, and now it's going, you know, um, now some people are, you know, like they call it neurodivergent now, finally. They actually, because they're trying to take away the stigma that is being attached to autism, and, um, you know, autism, Asperger, and all these different kinds of, you know, nuances of uh, neurodivergence, basically. So, this article goes into all of this stuff, and goes into the stuff looking from a perspective of a high-functioning autistic person. Because those usually go undiagnosed, and especially if they're from my age group, you know, you're middle-aged now, that's what they would call us, you know, you're in your 40s, close to 50, you know, or even in your 50s, you're, you're kind of like in an age group where we were not diagnosed at all, they didn't even fucking know this shit uh, existed, they, they thought they were damaged people, you know, they treated them like, oh, you're retarded, that's, you know, another way they would talk to you, the only people I call retarded myself, just so you know, are those who are emotionally uh, so arrogant that, you know, like, these, all these famous streamers, you know, those to me are <laughs> the actual <laughs> retarded people because they think they are such winners, you know, because they sell sex and whatever else, bullshit, drama, look in their title, drama, drama, they always have bullshit in their titles. They're, they're obviously, their content is pure shit and uh, most of the people, the thousands of viewership must be bots, I mean, because if there are actually 10,000 or 60,000 or 100,000 people watching that crap, well, I think we have found the reason why the world sucks, <laughs> right? <laughs> come on. And they're so toxic in every way, you know? And then they, they try and come across as these role models. It's like, oh, I made millions and I'm in my 20s. It's like, you were sucking cock on OnlyFans, you know? It's like, dude, you know... How did you, do you think Marilyn got famous? How do you think Marilyn got in the crowd? She didn't even have a chin, you know? She wasn't perfect looking, and she certainly was not the, you know, 
a role model many people want to make her out to be. How did she do it? She got in with certain people and she was doing the same thing, just in real life in her case. You know, and she got a lot more famous than you ever will, no matter how much you try, because you're very mediocre, most of you who do this kind of stuff today, I'm sorry, you're no Marilyn's, right? And she was pretty mediocre in reality, but because the cult wanted her to be famous, they pushed her left, right, and center. There were tons of actresses who were more beautiful, who were more ready for certain roles, but they did not kiss the right asses. That's the issue. And they were not ready to sleep with the whole family clan of the Kennedys, you know, they slept around with, all of them slept with her and threw her around. They had no respect. She was like this, you know, bimbo that they used. And she was not stupid. <laughs> but this is the kind of role model they're trying to push. And, and all these streamers, you know, young streamers who think they're such great, they are on crazy pills, by the way. Go look. Go look at what kind of role models are they, really. They're role models that the cult want to push for you, right? And then there's also inclusive that they say shit like, Oh, who are you? You're not famous like me. You're a nobody. Does that sound inclusive to you guys? And they say this kind of shit all the time about anyone who says anything that is truth about what it is they do. Now, do they have a right to be there and do what they do? Yeah. Do you see me going in their stream and trolling? No. If I go in there, I just lurk and watch because sometimes you gotta go and see what they're up to because that tells you the level of stupidity that is going on around the world and why since they have thousands of people watching them and considering them role models. But what's the point of saying anything in any kind of setting like that? What is the point? And most of them don't give a shit, you know? And then they call you autistic. <laughs> Are you autistic or something? <laughs> they would say stupid shit like that, yeah. And you hear crap like that all the time. So now they're trying to regulate it, which is another stupid idea, because in reality, look, you cannot regulate everything people do, and it's not your job to do so. The government is not above us in the threats. It's power from our consent to free sovereigns. So it's about getting people to grow up and realize that certain things are just not acceptable to do and that's it. But how many people do you hear on a daily basis who talk about, oh, being intelligent is the most important thing. Not having a good heart, not being a good person. No. Being and they mean the IQ intelligence, which is not even real intelligence. It's just like having a fast calculator, a fast computer, right? So what? If you enter wrong information in that computer, it's still gonna spit out wrong fucking results. So it doesn't matter how fast your computer is. If you don't have emotional intelligence behind that computer, you're not really intelligent. You're like amorans. Oh, you get to make money, but what is your maturity level in reality? as a person. Not much because, well, let's face it, just look at her for a little bit. It's pretty sad. And yes, if I was her mom, I would feel sad about it because, especially if I was that religious like she claims they are, because ultimately you know that what she's doing is everything but what winners would do. And she is definitely 
not doing the best she can because I mean yeah you got some good ideas blah 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 but really if it wasn't for all the crap you've done on OnlyFans would you even have become even nearly as famous? No. So again what did you give up to get there? Did you really grow and do what you wanted to do? No. And it's easy to see. They're not very happy people. They want to appear as happy. They'll go shopping, they'll do all this stupid shit, right? To make you see that their life is so much better than yours, guys. You know? But they're not autistic, right? <laughs> no, actually, some of them play also that card. It's hilarious. It's funny. Because they're trying to you know, get these bozos to be role models for most of these people who don't know the difference between good and bad, right? And then, anyone who speaks up about it, oh, you're negative, you're toxic. It's like, when did truth become toxic, guys? Seriously. Just look, look at what they're really doing, you know, and what, what they're really bringing in the world, and what kind of companies do they invest in? Buying corporations just show you that you want to enslave others. If you really were here to make the world better, you'd invest in small businesses and you'd actually help people who are doing good stuff for the world. You know? But most of them, we know. It's all a show, right? So, and that's why they're here. So in this article, they talk about how a lot of people who are, you know, have a different... Uh, look at the world and function differently um, are not very, you know, accepted and are treated like shit. And so, in, in this article specifically toward neurodivergence, but you can apply it to a lot of different uh, category of people too, I think, or groups, you know, whatever you want to call them. Like, high-functioning autism is an often mis and misunderstood diagnosis. If for all your life you have felt different without knowing why or found that what feels natural to you is often seen as weird or too much for others, it might be helpful to consider the possibility of high-functioning autism as a reason for your difference. For better or for worse, you are considered high-functioning for a reason. Perhaps you can live relatively everyday lives be successful in your career and maintain relationships. But that doesn't mean that the challenges of living with autism disappear. If you have high-functioning autism without realizing it, you might have spent the bulk of your life, early lives, sorry, adapting to the world and hiding your struggles to the point even you yourself don't realize that you are neuroatypical. Although the world is incredibly able to become aware of, of and honor diversity, the pressure to conform to social norms remains potent in most spaces. For people with high-functioning autism, who often have difficulty agreeing to social norms without questioning, this pressure can be unbearable. As a result of your inability to fit in, you may have consciously or unconsciously opted to shrink away from the world Gradually, you become withdrawn and isolated, which unfortunately leave you feeling empty, stuck in life, and your potential stifled. But it doesn't have to be this way. So I'm just wondering how many of you have felt in this way. High-functioning autism 
is not an established medical diagnosis, and many remain uncertain as to whether it accurately describes a subset of individuals with autism or if it is unproductively prevents them from seeking the help they need. Many believe it doesn't even exist. This term is no longer used in many academic and professional circles, but has a point of discussion and can still be helpful. And then there is a beautiful painting. This is the article again that I shared earlier uh, in the chapter, guys, if you wanna check it out. disclose it and say oh of course we've been doing this and it's a good thing yeah no it's not and if it was a good thing you don't have hidden it in the first place would you but you'll see you'll see mark my words i'm not the only one who thinks that adults with high functioning autism signs and symptoms so let's see what they say okay although someone with high functioning autism often appears normal <laughs> Some signs may indicate that someone has high-functioning autism. The signs and symptoms are not always visible from the outside. Emotional sensitivity and insensitivity. Intensity, sorry, not insensitivity. Although this is often overlooked, high emotional sensitivity is a common characteristic of people at the high end of the autism spectrum. If you have high-functioning autism, diagnosed or not, you may function fine daily, but have difficulty managing your emotional ups and downs in the same way the neurotypical and non-autistic people can. Seemingly trivial incidents that do not bother neurotypical people may trigger intense feelings in you. A frustrating experience in the morning, such as a running out of milk or being cut off while driving, can bring immense irritability and difficulty concentrating for the rest of the day. You may also show unusually intense emotional reactions to certain things, such as routine disruptions or injustice, compared to the rest of the population. I don't know that it's a bad thing, having a bad reaction to injustice, but yeah, again. Furthermore, many people with high-functioning autism do not naturally know how to name their feelings. You may have a syndrome known as alexithymia, where you, or thymia, thymia, depends how we read it. I guess we should go check, but I don't care. Where you feel, where you do feel, but cannot put a name to what you feel. This can affect your ability to regulate emotions and you may feel left out of control most of its time. Here is a separate article on Alexithymia. And there is a little, you know, hyperlink there, guys. Because it is not always clear to others why you are triggered the way you are, and your reaction may seem disproportionate to them, and you are judged unfairly by others and often yourself. 
Harsh comments might be made suggesting that you are being dramatic, spoiled, irrational, or selfish. This unjustified criticism can deeply hurt your feelings even if you hide your hurt. So I want to talk a minute about this and tell you how if you start tapping, you will actually be able to regulate this stuff a lot easier and um, it will allow you know anyone with this kind of issues to basically self-regulate at that point. So the issue I find with most people is that they're very arrogant and ignorant about tapping and so they don't understand the science behind it and how scientific it is but because mainstream doesn't keep pushing it on them you know and they obviously only believe the brainwashing they don't even look at it so this is the reason why they don't do it it's because they're just close-minded so i go with what george ojava says you know what you're gonna keep not doing the right things until you're tired of suffering so who am i to stop them from their suffering that's what they want to do i can only show you how to tap but you have to do the work and if you don't want to do it it's your choice yeah much luck <laughs> i don't really you know have anything else i can do so but sensory hypersensitivity and that's what i like about this is how you know they make people realize that these people are not like that because they want to be that way it's because their nervous system is not working the same way as yours so just like you don't expect someone who has only one lung to perform and someone who has two lungs or you know someone who has uh, I don't know three legs versus one who has two legs you know maybe the three-legged creature can run faster or four legs would be faster actually probably but you know it's just different right so when people make comments like that it's just out of ignorance really and um yeah they can hurt you words can hurt you but usually they hurt when we a part of us agrees with them well you know that's the difference with physical hurt if someone punches you it's a punch right you feel it but if someone tells you something you can agree or disagree with those words and they don't necessarily have to hurt you it's a choice it's a definite choice so just understand you know words don't hurt like punches but they're Damages can last a long time. However, you cannot hurt other people with words without their consent and that is the difference Well, you can definitely hurt people physically without their consent and that's called abuse. So <laughs> I Just want to bring this up because a lot of people keep saying it's there's no difference It's like yeah, that's different. But again, you know, if you've never been hurt physically, how would you know, right? You're just running on bullshit opinions not really uh, linked to reality. Sensory hypersensitivity. Sensory processing disorder, SPD, is a condition that affects the way the brain processes information from the senses. Studies have shown that SPD and autism overlap significantly in children and adults. Tabasoli. And this is from 2014 research, so it's almost 10 years. 
Some sensory integration issues include a dislike of being touched, being easily startled, refusing to wear certain types of clothing, or eating a particular food, being clumsy, or constantly bumping into things. Now, I did have a lot of um, the bumping, clumsy and stuff, but when we went on macrobiotic, none of that happened anymore. So again, it's also a diet thing, guys. If you're not vegan and you're eating an omnivore diet, good luck. You will need it. Because the brains are uniquely wired, many people with high-functioning autism are oversensitive to external stimuli, such as noise, light, and touch. If you have high-functioning autism, you may have difficulty filtering out all the sensory information and are born barded, sorry, bombarded, not born barded, by stimuli daily. This can lead to anxiety and when overwhelmed, even nervous meltdowns. To cope, you might avoid certain situations and become more and more isolated and devoid of opportunities in life. Very true. For some people with high-functioning autism, the opposite might be true. When they are under-sensitive to the stimuli, they may also have trouble coordinating their bodies in social spaces. These problems can make it hard for them to function in everyday life and traditional setting. So you can have both, basically, right? Um, spectrums. And again, um, all my friends who had autism in different spectrums and started tapping, they found a lot of help in it. So, you know, again, uh, it's not just from research, from actual direct experience. It's amazing what you can achieve with EFT techniques. Attachment to routines, repetition, and restrictive habits. People with ASD often have difficulty with change and transition and may be fixated on routine and repetition to cope with the chaos and unpredictability of the world around them. Clinically, this is known as restrictive and repetitive behaviors, RRBs. I hate acronyms, I do. I never remember them, guys. Well, almost all people with ASD share, like my brain right now is going ASD, what is this stand for again? Yeah, it's true. This is what I go through. And I have to actually write this stuff out so that my brain can get used to it. You know? Yeah. So this is how a damaged brain uh, works and uh, how much we have to be dedicated to actually you know, do stuff, but don't worry, the people around us, you know, like the other day I was called um, a leech and a burden, so this is the kind of great support I get, so, yeah. Awesome help, guys, awesome. Well, almost all people with ASD share these core characteristics. There are significant differences in symptoms, severity, and levels of functioning. In people with lower functioning autism, their restrictive and repetitive behaviors may be closer to what we have come to know in stereotypes such as rocking or repeating a particular sound. Repetitive behaviors may look different in high functioning autism. Someone with high functioning autism may not have pronounced and stereotyped symptoms but still be fixated on consistency and dislike 
any disruption of the usual. Fixations in adults with high-functioning autism may take the form of rigid routines, the need to line up objects neatly, insisting on always eating or doing the same thing, fidgeting, etc. They may not throw tantrums like children when their routines are disrupted. However, they go to great lengths to ensure that their environment and routines are structured, planned, and predictable. Still, this rigidity can also lead to an overly restricted social and professional life. And I recall myself when I was cleaning how I hated when in traffic someone would cut me off and I would go and rant forever about it. And that's where tapping changed my life, guys. You know, all this shit, all of a sudden, was self-regulating. And it took time to, you know, really turn it around, but um, be, simply because, uh, you know, we are resistant to change and we're attached to our shitty routines. <laughs> it's survival. But once you understand how it works, you don't feel guilty anymore because you understand that's just how the machine works. And you learn to work with the machine. And when you remove that sense of um, not being good enough and feeling guilty, it's a big, big rock, okay, to take out to our fucking bag that we carry around every day. Part of my French there, guys. Um, <laughs> But it is. It is a freaking bag that we don't need to carry, okay? <laughs> so, my inner child was very into this, I guess. That's when I swear a lot. This fixation, okay, with uh, plant stuff and, you know, these fixations can cause confusion between the autism diagnosis and other diagnoses such as obsessive-compulsive disorder and obsessive-compulsive personality disorder and um, OCPD and uh, they're saying it's not OCD and it's characterized by a fixation on order perfectionism and controlling oneself and others that's what OCPD so it's obsessive compulsive personality disorder. But people with OCPD are usually more likely to apply their rigidity and standards to others and can come across as being quite critical and demanding. So, okay, so OCD, um, By the way they wrote it though, like I am not really understanding which one they are defining as what, which is what I like to know because it changes things. But sometimes it's because I'm Italian, so my brain <laughs> reverts back. Okay, these fixations can cause confusion between the autism diagnosis and other diagnoses such as obsessive compulsive disorder and obsessive compulsive personality disorder more on OCPD in this interview. So, okay, they describe it there. OCPD is not OCD and is characterized by a fixation on order perfectionism. So I think they're talking about OCPD, yeah. but then 
uh, oneself and others. But people with OCPD are usually more likely to apply their rigidity and standards to others and can come across as being quite critical. So, okay, OCD is applied also to themselves then. Okay, so it's actually worse. <laughs> because they're not even fair in the way they apply it. <laughs> do what I say, but not what I do. <laughs> Feels so much like a priest. <laughs> the way my dad would describe them. They're not all like that. <laughs> in contrast, so priests don't be offended. Not that way. In contrast, people with high-functioning autism tend to be more self-focused and primarily insist on routines and rituals when it comes to themselves. So they're not like trying to impose their stuff on others. That's the other thing. Someone with OCPD is also more likely to be perfectionistic. Oh yeah. Yeah, like they... Oh man, it's... I did the work for some people like that and I also told them where to go. <laughs> because these people are never cleaning their own shit and they wanted to tell us how to do their job and it's like, dude, I'm not the one who needs to hire a cleaner to keep my shit. My shit is clean and I do it myself. And I'm like, you, I have actual health issues. <laughs> what is your excuse? You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, they're arrogant and lazy, you know. It's like, I got no time for you. A cleaner is not your punching bag. Newsflash, you know. But... Yeah, if you want to hate people, go into customer service or become a cleaner, you know, any blue-collar work job that is not like a plumber or an electrician. They treat you like shit and they underpay you on top of it, you know, and they're the ones who can't even fucking keep their shit clean. So what the hell are you arrogant about? <laughs> you have a high-paying job? How did you get it exactly? How did you fool them? <laughs> you can't even keep your own shit in order. <laughs> But, you know, they are superior because they have a piece of paper that says so. Remember that, guys. That's why I laugh when people, you know, um, when people try and be, you know, jerks based on that stuff. I just, I can't stop mocking them usually. It's like, dudes, you don't need to go to school to learn stuff. And most people who went to school are actually just... Uh, ignorant, arrogant, and normies who fell for the past three years bullshit. They're the reason why the world sucks, really, you know? <laughs> and they're usually managers for these corporations and these assholes, you know, oligarchs who never made money because they were really inventive and really very useful. It's because they're part of the cult. I mean, you have to be a moron to think that. The, the amount of money you make is related to your value because, I mean, then how the fuck do you explain the Kardashians? <laughs> Seriously. Wow. You know, and, and not to pick on the Kardashians themselves, it's just like anyone like them. Like, how do you explain these losers? How do you explain Fauci? You know? <laughs> wow, yeah. Now being a genocide maker and all, you know, and now into hiding in his bunker. You know, you're right, you're right. It's so worth it. <laughs> it's like, wow, people, you know. But that's how a lot of people are, right? So it's funny that they're saying this. So, see, I, I would say then you should... Uh, it's, it's more correct to say that OCPD or OCDs are more assholes than, you know autistic people, right? Even this proves it, because they're not trying to be like that with others. It's 
themselves. You know, do you see live and let live? They're, they are intelligent, right? <laughs> They're not like the others who try and impose their will on others. That's what psychopaths do. I know better, <laughs> says you, the person who's trying to impose it. What a shocker. It's still funny. So then there is a strong interest in fixation in specific things. Okay. As a person with high functioning autism, you may have a strong interest or fixation on one or a few particular topics, objects, or activities. This interest can be very intense and all-consuming, and you may have difficulty focusing on anything else, even if it is something you need to do. Your tendency to hyper-focus and lose track of time may also cause you to procrastinate, underperform, and not be able to take care of yourself properly. These symptoms may also mean you get diagnosed with ADHD alongside or instead of high-functioning autism. Oh yeah, that's also, and then they'll give you pills, you know, because the magic pills, guys. They work so well, clearly. <laughs> Your obsessive nature means you progress quickly in one area and leave everyone else behind. This makes the world an even more frustrating and lonely place for you. Finding people you can talk to without constantly explaining things is hard. Even if you enjoy teaching others what you know, they may not be interested in diving as deeply in a topic as you do. Many people with high-functioning autism have found ways to turn their obsessions into something generative. Someone obsessed with math or music may use their obsession to become an expert in their field. Others may use their passions to create art or write novels. However, interests that are too narrow or misunderstood by the public can keep you isolated, and all-consuming obsessions can prevent you from developing other vital skills essential for life. Very true. So feeling different all your life. If you have undiagnosed high-functioning autism, you may have felt different all your life. Like you did not belong anywhere without knowing why. This sense of otherness can be especially pronounced in adolescents and young adults. When you try to fit in but find that you do not belong or have difficulty agreeing to arbitrary social rules that make no sense to you. Yeah, can you relate? Severed, uh, sorry, several factors, not severed at all. Several factors contribute to the sense of alienation you have. For one, you interpret social cues and body language differently, making it challenging to know when it's appropriate to speak or remain silent in a conversation. You may also interpret sarcasm, jokes, and other forms of humor differently. And then there's your high moral standards and tendency to be exceptionally honest and direct which can sometimes be interpreted as rudeness. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's why I never say anything anymore in, in many chats, they just think you're rude. All these factors can make it difficult for you to fit into mainstream society. You might have suffered in silence if you were diagnosed later in life, or were never diagnosed for that matter. The truth, the truth 
is there is nothing fundamentally defective about you. It was simply a mismatch between you and your environment. Yeah, because we live in a world designed for idiots, guys. So if you are not an idiot, you will not fit in. You understand this? If you're not a selfish, you know, selfish, fake, and all shit things, you will not fit in this world. You will be called stupid, childish, all kinds of stuff. That's my opinion. You know, you can't expect the stupid to be intelligent, right? And they are really stupid because they are emotionally stupid. So remember that. They actually think they're winners because they made money with the Rafika. The suffragettes would be so proud of that. Remember that. They think that's empowering women, what they're doing. <laughs> what are you going to do, you know? And then there's those who try and justify that shit, you know? Forgetting that that world you know, specifically, as being one of the main reasons why human trafficking exists. <laughs> but, you know, they're all about being good citizens, right? So, yeah, that's just funny. You, you gotta crack jokes because it beats getting angry, you know? Especially when you can't, uh, in the external world, do anything about it. But if you crack jokes and you change your point of view, and you stay in your higher self, that will actually help much more and will have a much longer lasting effect. So that's why I'm talking about it. That's why I'm doing it while, you know, there is a tapping video going, so you shouldn't get triggered even if you're not tapping yourselves. And, um, you know, it's important to talk about this stuff because most people fly over it and try and avoid it because of course, especially if they're entertainers, you know, it's first rule, never share your own opinion about anything, especially if it's controversial. So, but I'm not an entertainer, clearly, and I never wanted to be one because I don't entertain anyone and I have respect for you and I don't want you to be tech-talked about stuff, you know, being convinced and brainwashed by my great ability to talk you into things. No, if you don't get there by yourself, you don't get there by yourself. There's nothing I can do about it. But, the, you know, realize that the world is a shitty place because most people don't know how to live and not live. They don't know respect. And they don't appreciate diversity. They think diversity is something to be scared of and to be shunned. And instead of, you know, being uh, all they can be, they basically minimize themselves and put themselves into this egotistical tiny point of view and nothing good comes out of it ever I mean have you ever seen someone who is in better ways um, you know mindset doing anything good to anyone no because they can't because that's survival and in survival nobody's nice you know so the other thing that you may have found is language precocity typically children at the lower functioning end of the autism spectrum have difficulty learning to speak expanding their vocabulary and conversing. In contrast, children on the higher functioning end of the spectrum typically begin speaking significantly earlier than average and have impressive spe speeches. See, I was like that. For example, you talk about. Others may, <laughs> I still do that, right? Others may perceive those with high functioning autism as eccentric in, in uh, conversation due to their frequent interruptions or narrow focus. While fluency and precocity are 
regarded as positive characteristics, they can occasionally result in adverse outcomes. For instance, as a child, you may have been stunned by your shunned, sorry, <laughs> not stunned, by, I'm not playing loud right now, right? Stunned! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Being shunned by your peers for conversing in an adult manner. Your unique way of speaking as an adult may have caused others to misunderstand you as a show-off, and the absence of a common language makes it difficult for other people to appreciate your unique sense of humor. Like sometimes I'll even make comments on how I speak, like I sound, um, you know, like I want to sound like, um, you know, so knowledgeable and cool, you know, the way you pronounce words. <laughs> yeah, people have even said that, it's like, oh, yeah, even the way I speak is not enough, you know, it's like, it's hilarious. Anyway, you probably find it challenging to enjoy the small talks, which sadly is the social lubricant most people rely on. Yeah, I fucking hate small talk. I find it so boring. In the end, you may find conversations with others tedious or difficult to follow, causing you to avoid speaking with peers of the same age. <laughs> so true. I always preferred hanging out with people who are older, uh, and I'm talking like, you know, grandparents. <laughs> But I always found them more interesting because their topics were very interesting, you know, like my peers were talking about bullshit I never gave a shit about. It's the truth. So there is another thing that got my attention. If you could find people who operate at the same intellectual level as you, you would be so thrilled that you would never want to let them go. Very true. You may not find them in, in ready-made communities such as schools, or churches or platforms and you may have to find individuals who share your values and intellectual curiosity that's right so this is the truth about autism and it, that's what you know makes me laugh is that all these people who are pushing inclusive in inclusive there when you go and see how they behave in the privacy of their own home I bet you a lot of them are the first ones to say derogatory things about neurodivergent people. And that's what I find ridiculous, is that a lot of them are actually famous and it's easy to see that they're faking it. It's the little, little, you know, um, things they do and say that give them away. And a lot of people don't seem to notice. It's hilarious. It's like, wow, like, how could you miss that? You know, like, those are nuances that, I don't know, I, I just don't get it, honestly. Like, they're not even that coy, you know, about it. I just, yeah. Anyway, giftedness and high-functioning autism. Giftedness and high-functioning autism are often misunderstood terms. Highly gifted is not simply high IQ, it is defined by a set of traits including over-excitabilities. And there is another article there for that. Intense curiosity and sensitivity. While only a small minority of gifted people are considered twice exceptional, i.e. have gifts, talents, and unconventionally recognized neurodivergent trait, such as ADHD, autism, learning disability, etc. An even smaller proportion are considered both gifted, talented, and have a diagnosis on the autism spectrum. 
A growing body of evidence suggests giftedness and autism may be more closely linked than previously thought. This is likely because many high-functioning autistic people have a higher than average working memory and processing speed. This cognitive strength can help offset some of the challenges associated with autism and may explain why many people with high-functioning autism can mask their symptoms until a much later age. Some people define giftedness purely through an IQ assessment, but most experts believe in assessing a broader spectrum of traits that ranges from cognitive flexibility to personality traits. Example, strong sense of justice. Autism, on the other hand, is diagnosed based on social and communication deficits. Many gifted children also have characteristics of autism, such as a difficulty in, with social interactions and inflexible thinking. A gifted and talented student may exhibit some behaviors, example, extreme interest in a focused area, characteristic of ASD. However, a comprehensive assessment may reveal that the, the that the behaviors of concern are better explained by giftedness than by ASD. Being both gifted and autistic can be difficult to manage as the individual may not fit nearly into either category. They may struggle to find peers who understand them or access appropriate support and services. And there is another really nice picture there, which I did very much because it's blue. I'm not so weird to me. That's the captions. Uh, Aruki Murakami. <laughs> it must be Japanese. It sounds Japanese anyway. Cool. I've seen this before. It must be a famous. I haven't researched because I, I don't remember stuff. So even if I read it, <laughs> unless I read it like 20 times, I want to recall it. <laughs> I need. Jim Quick, <laughs> he is the one who is the memory expert. So. <laughs> I function in autism myths and misunderstandings. Myth, people with high functioning autism lack empathy. Older research has suggested for many years that autistic persons lack empathy. However, in recent years, Numerous studies and anecdotal evidence have sparked intense disputes around this concept. Sadly, the idea that autistic people have no empathy continues to shape how society views neurodiversity, significantly impacting the lives of those with high-functioning autism. The irony is that some autistic individuals have hyper-empathy, which is a heightened sensitivity to the emotions of others. They can detect subtle changes in facial expressions and body language that most individuals would miss. Yeah, I am one of those people. But I like to play dumb because it makes the other people expose themselves faster and then you know who you're dealing with. I just gave you a little trick that you can use anytime for yourself. Just play stupid, guys. 
What do you care that idiots think you're stupid? They're idiots. Of course they're gonna think you're stupid. <laughs> but let them underestimate you. It's much easier. I think this is also in the Art of War, you know, the manual for every psychopath. It is not that someone with high-functioning autism lacks empathy, but they may struggle to express themselves in the same manner as neurotypical individuals. One study, and it's a trust, it was done in 2019, discovered that females with high-functioning ASD engage the same empathy neural networks as neurotypical individuals. Suggesting that their capacity to share another's emotion is not fundamentally compromised. However, due to how their empathy is felt and communicated, high-functioning autistic individuals may not be recognized for their empathic characteristics. They may have tremendous empathy but do not show it through facial expressions or conversation. Others with high-functioning autism may come at empathy through intellectual processes and use logic and reason to show their concerns for others. Yes, I have met people like that. I have friends like that. In reality, many high-functioning autistic people feel strongly about the subjects they are passionate about and use their empathic and altruistic drive to advocate for human welfare, animal rights, environmental protection, and other global and humanitarian issues. It's too bad that a lot of them are used by the fake global warming agenda, which was used, you know, now it's called climate change bullshit, and it's too bad that a lot of them fight for, you know, utter bullshit. But again, you know, the lies of the cult are well widespread, so... Myths people with high-functioning autism do not feel or express emotions. In addition to a lack of empathy, another widespread misunderstanding is that people with high-functioning autism do not experience or express emotions. This is far from the truth. Some people with high-functioning autism can be more emotionally aware than neurotypical individuals. However, they may lack the ability to articulate their emotions a condition known as alexithymia, we saw it earlier, as discussed above. Many emotions, including fear, anger, and happiness, appear to be experienced more intensely by those with high-functioning autism profiles than by ordinary individuals. They may show their emotions less externally, or their facial expressions may not match their internal state which leads to the impression that they do not feel. A person with high-functioning autism, for instance, may avoid eye contact, while, eye contact while happy or excited. This does not mean that they do not experience these feelings. It is also essential to keep in mind that many people with high-functioning autism have been bullied or rejected by their peers in the past and may therefore take them a while to trust and warm up to people or show their feelings. It is essential to remember that each individual individual, sorry, with high-functioning autism is unique and displays distinct symptoms and behaviors. Just because one individual with autism expresses or does not express themselves in a certain way does not mean everyone on the spectrum is the same. <laughs> 
yes this article is pretty long indeed and I'm not reading it super fast either but it's not because I don't want to get to the end of it I think people should take the time and read this themselves I just want to read a, a good part of it and you know um, cover enough of this so that people understand that you know um, there is a lot we can do about this kind of stuff okay and um, EFT techniques work so well for this kind of stuff and it's you know shown by studies but also those of us who have used EFT techniques now you know for almost a decade have seen through the years the actual effects these techniques have overall and they're amazing and so because I relate to a lot of these things I'm talking about in this article I speak from direct experience not from someone who you know doesn't have any of these issues or hasn't faced any of these issues no I have faced many of these issues myself and on top of it I don't even have a great memory recall so really what I have been saved by is by how much in tune I am with the energy and how I am really able to you know decipher the messages that I receive properly in spite of all my shortcomings when it comes to you know health issues and you know this interpretations of the reality that is so different from the masses that's what kept me usually going but definitely most of the stuff they're talking about in this article I actually have experienced so this is why um, you know when I met a lot of people who you know had Asperger and different forms of autism I always felt very much like in tune <laughs> yeah it's probably because of that too but I'm very empathic so I've always been more you know put in that category and this explains a lot of things right I don't have the same uh, problems like they do in expressing uh, feelings I, I do have differences like little things like that but again you know these are just labels that we use at least for me because it's convenient but labels are only good on you know they only look pretty on jars and cans so so individuals with autism spectrum disorder do not need or want social connections i mean this is another myth it is a prevalent misinterpretation that individuals with autism spectrum disorder do not seek social contact or interpersonal relationships in actuality many individuals with high-functioning autism gain some energy from being with people and want deep connections. Even when you are neuroatypical, like all humans, you desire to be seen, heard, and understood for who you are. You might be introverted and function best on your own, but that does not mean connections do not nourish you. If you are socially clumsy, however, you may have difficulties seeking the human contact you need in a healthy, assertive and explicit way, especially when you're a kid. The struggle with interpersonal relationships is especially salient. I don't know that word. For those with high functioning autism, 
Okay, I need to research that word. Sorry, salient. Because I don't know what it means. Moving by leaps or springs. Having a quality that thrusts itself into attention, prominent. Okay, that makes more sense, right? Struggle with interpersonal relationship is especially salient, prominent, yeah. For those with high functioning autism who typically possess the linguistic and cognitive skills to participate in social interpretations, but feel like outsiders on the inside. Even in the best case scenario, they are often viewed as unusual or interesting, but not as a natural part of the in-group. Many with high-functioning autism have accumulated a deep sense of being excluded, misunderstood, and rejected. Yeah, pretty much. That's, like, look at me, for example, right? Um, how many people from the ASMR community has ever ever supported my channel and anything I do, none of them. So it kind of goes to show, you know, like it's, uh, and of course then they say, you know, you're toxic, this and that, because you're not fake like they are, and you don't do all the horrid shit that they support, and because you do something different, it's just like, you know, it's, it's a fact, this is a fact, and then these same people want to come across as nice and inclusive, and they're not inclusive at all, it's all bullshit. Unless you're part of their little group and you're in the way that they want you to be, you know? If you don't uh, support pharma shit care the same way they do, if you don't push the same propaganda, you're automatically pushed out of the group, you know? But we're all inclusive, I promise. <laughs> yeah, right. And when you call it out, you're being negative. No, I'm being truthful. You're just not really what you claim you are. <laughs> Period. But this is very true. Like, this is another thing. And because you are high-functioning, you frequently pass as normal, but you feel strange on the inside. I mean, feeling strange is something we all kind of have, I think, but yeah, it's more uh, acute in some people, for sure. Since few shares, shares your intellectual intensity, specialty hobbies, or distinctive sense of humor, yeah, that too, you may struggle or lose patience in social situations. Yeah, I just usually, you know avoid deep inside however you probably do long for deep and meaningful relationships yeah but i'd rather be alone than around idiots who judge you and instead of you know being honest they just you know it's it's a waste of time basically i don't want to be around that kind of stuff and i don't need to and the little time and energy that i got i want to focus on you know helping those who need the help and nobody cares about them, you know, because having been there, knowing how it feels, um, I don't see how a person can complain about having been abused and then be abuser, an abuser, you know, in the end. It's weakness and I don't understand that. I know how it works, the mechanics, but there's a part of me that is like, no, I would still rather use my energy to help others and to sit there and bitch and complain about oh I'm not 
supposed to be a smart community doesn't treat me right. They never even look at you. No, they don't look at you because what you do is so different than what they do. Where you come from is so different. And really, you know, um, it's not the kind of ASMR that they're used to. And if you're not a normie, of course, how dare you not be like everybody else, you know? So who do they push? More people like them. They never really support people who are not like them, you know? They don't support people who challenge their bullshit. They only support those who kiss their ass and then who cares if behind the scenes they talk shit behind each other. You know, as long as in their face they're honest, right? But again, very different way of thinking. And of course, they call you rude and stuff. Well, I find that their fakeness is rude, you know? <laughs> and they're not all like that, obviously. Some of them, I mean, a lot of them don't even know that you exist, right? But a lot of them do. And they just don't want to be mixed with you because... You know, you don't push pharma, you don't push the mainstream bullshit, and they are so afraid of losing their streams, right? They don't even see how fucked up they are in their behavior, and how, in reality, they're not inclusive at all. They're just fake inclusive, and then, you know, <laughs> the rest is just kind of like an obvious consequence, right? Everything we see happening right now is a consequence of how people don't really give a shit about doing anything right, you know? As long as they're not inconvenienced who cares <laughs> that's kind of like the motto of most people i think so <laughs> it's very obvious i mean just look at reality right how many people really um, help other people unless there is a tax rebate and a pat on the back you know even all these people like you know all these people who uh collect money and stuff if they if you don't like a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are all about, oh, look at me, I'm so great, look at me. I have been doing philanthropic work my whole life. I never called it philanthropic work, though. Because I always felt like it was such a fucking... Honestly, also philanthropy, for some reason. That word makes me think of pedal. I don't know why. In my, in my head, it's like interchangeable, so I hate that word, really. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't investigated yet on that why my head is connected but um you know it's such a loaded word and the thing is all these people you know who claim they do philanthropic work most of them are just collecting money they're like if you do your research there are like 24 um companies or group that own all the charities <laughs> so you're really just always make, giving money to the cult you know and they don't do the kind of research that real researchers do, most of them, right? It's all fucking bullshit in the end. But what do I know? <laughs> you know, I haven't been affected by this shit my whole life, so why would I have research to stuff and, you know, why? See, and that's the thing, right? A lot of people, or, or rather, um, you know, rather have prosciutto on their eyes than really look at the truth and behave accordingly, right? They would rather call us names and say that we are shit disturber than actually say, oh, I haven't looked into it. Let me go check, right? It's so much easier to just judge anyone who is different and who goes against what Big Daddy is telling you to do, right? Big Brother is always right. Have you not read 1984? Wake up. <laughs> it was not a fucking book on some bullshit. We are living through the damn shit now. You know, it's like, welcome. 
to, you know, the modern world of bullshit. That's what it is. Miss people with ASD have seven abilities. A recent study found that one in ten autistic individuals had seven abilities. These abilities are unique and distinct and typically observed in higher functioning autistic individuals. It is unclear, however, why some individuals with ASD acquire these talents while others do not. People with ASD who have higher IQs and better communication skills are more likely to exhibit seven talents. But the majority of high-functioning autistic individuals do not possess seven talents. Please remember that you have particular skills that would allow you to make significant contributions to the world, even if you don't possess ex extraordinary abilities that grab special attention. Exactly, I mean, that's such bullshit too. Like, all that special, you know, bullshit. It's a, because by default, when you say someone is special, by default, you're basically saying the others aren't. It's the best form of brainwashing when you do it by default, and they do it all the time. You know, like people who talk about talent. Talent is a myth, the myth of talent. Everybody's talented. It's just some people have not been exposed. Someone who grew up with a father or a mother who were a musician or an artist have had a different exposure to those things than someone who didn't. That's your talent, people. Wake the fuck up and stop believing in utter lies. Because when you push those lies, what you're really doing is also telling all these children who don't have a self-regulatory system developed in their brain yet and their emotions that they don't have talent. By default, this is what happens in the brain of a child, especially if they're abused, maybe in their family. And usually this kind of stuff does not perspire through the walls of you know the home. A lot of abuse is not shown on the outside. Most people never guess the shit that goes on behind those doors. And children don't say usually things. There's most of them take the bullshit and shut up because children should not be put through this. They don't have the kind of you know neurological, mental, emotional ability to deal with this stuff, right? They're just growing up. It's like doing that to a tiny puppy. It's the same thing. What the hell is wrong with you? You know? This is but if you teach them how to tap, this being said, then you're giving them, when you tap yourself in front of your children, you're teaching them tapping because children learn what, from what you do and say, from what you do, sorry, more than what you say. And so you're giving them the example of something that actually will help them self-regulate. And so they will have a better chance to, you know, even if they are in situations that are very, very um, triggering and, you know, um, they could be damaging to their psyche and their emotion, they have a better chance to process them correctly and integrate them when you teach them how to do tapping, which is self-soothing in its real form. And it allows you to always be grounded and in that point, you know, their brain is not going to be damaged, basically, in their body by this cascade of stress hormones that happens when we are triggered 
And when we have a cascade of stress hormones in our body and all our blood is in our limbs and not in our brain, you understand that the brain does not develop correctly. And so most people who have been through traumatic events or who have been born with you know, a functioning nervous system that is not as strong, they have actually more repercussions from that kind of stuff than people who are more, um, you know, regular in their development. And it's not the child's fault, okay? So it's important that people realize this, that when we say stuff like that on a child, it has certain repercussions. And most of us have actually built beliefs, erroneous beliefs about a lot of bullshit um, that we heard and conclusions we made from the stuff we heard because the adults around us didn't know or didn't care that this is what goes on. When you talk around children, our brain detects everything that goes on around us. So if you're talking around a child and you think they're not listening, you're wrong. Everything we do around them affects them. And that is the bottom line. And so, you know, when someone on top of it is hypersensitive, are you really surprised of the reactions some of these kids have? I'm not. <laughs> it's the people, the adults that need to shape up. You know, there's no fucking doubt about it. And now we have the knowledge for this because the latest neuroscience from actual real scientists, not the ones who are trying to sell you pills, you know, the ones who are actually teaching you how to do tapping and how to apply this stuff and how really this stuff works amazingly. Well, you know, they are showing us the whys of a lot of this stuff. And the more money we give those people, the more truth will come. The more money you keep collecting for pharma care, the more enslavement you will see because all they care about is patenting fucking pills to sell you. Wake up, sleepo, and realize you're doing no favor to anyone when you collect money for certain entities. Miss, like I do my experiments with EFT and with Reiki and I fork out money and stuff to build a website, to get the information from people, to give them Reiki, to hear their feedback. I do it on my own and it's a very small scale because I was very sick before and even now I'm better, but I still have health issues. I still suffer. I still have a fatty liver a little bit. You know, I can see it. I can see it, what's going on. It's not like, yeah, thank you COVID and thank you having been stuck, right, COVID bullshit, and having been stuck at home for three years after already having a lot of fucking health issues from the lifelong crap I've been put through. And no, it wasn't my fault, and no, and it's not because I had bad karma from a previous life, you retards. Emotional morons, that's what I call people who say shit like that. But again, you know, listen to this, it goes myth, people with high-functioning autism like imagination and creativity that's another good one this is a common myth about people with autism but contrary to the misunderstanding 
people with high functioning autism are often very creative and have imaginations that are richer than average. In particular, many artist, artistic visual artists have high level of skill based on their exceptional memory and the ability to meticulously create precise representations of images. Studies have also found that the creative profile of individuals with autism reveals an, extraordin an exceptionally high level of originality. Archaeologist Penny Speakings suggests that detailed focus, commonly exhibited in autistic people, was what revolutionized I always have problems with that word our art scene. Our findings added to the growing body of proof that individuals with autistic traits were crucial to human evolution. Yeah, there is no doubt. They are the evolved form of what human beings need to become. Less selfish assholes and more caring individuals. Yeah. <laughs> there is Walt Whitman. I too am a bit teen. There's a beautiful picture there. I too am untranslatable. I sound my barbaric yop over the roofs of the world. That's a really nice. Um, it, it reminds me of Verona for some reason. It's not, but it reminds me of it. I like this kind of art. That is. There is detail, but also not, like Bob Ross, you know. I really enjoy that. It might also because, be because I see the world like that without my glasses on, so. <laughs> I've always loved money and money, you know, it's kind of paintings. Women with high-functioning autism. In general, autism spectrum syndrome is diagnosed more often in males than females, with the sex ratio varying from 4 to 1 to 2.0 to 2.6 to 1. 2.0 to 2.6 to 1. So it's like 4 to 1 to 2.1. 2.1. From 4 to 1 to 2 to 1. Jeez, finally, let me say it. Autism is also diagnosed significantly later in females than in males. Females are far more likely to have their autism go undetected since their problems are commonly misidentified or completely overlooked. Yeah, they usually just say we have PMS. This is due to various factors including differences in social and communication skills between boys and girls with autism. The pressure to conform and the bias among clinicians, unfortunately, uh, sorry, and that was a full stop there. Unfortunately, late diagnosis can have severe implications for the ability of individuals with autism to access appropriate support. Like, yeah, like I never had any help in my life. And in fact, I was shunned and, you know, I'm very literally like shit because <laughs> the issue I have and, you know, like they all care about me, right? 
Although the signs are often overlooked, many girls with autism notice they feel different from a young age. They may have few friends and prefer to be alone rather than in a group. They may have very specific or niche interests and do not seem to fit in with their peers. Saying that, for autistic girls, their niche interests are not necessarily stereotypical subjects like math or training, although they could be those too, a subject that allow them to do masking in societies such as psychology. See? So many similarities. Research shows that depression and anxiety are the most common uh, comorbid psychopathologies in girls. Are the most common comorbid. God, I hate when people try and sound intelligent by using difficult words when there is an easier one they could use. It actually shows their assholes more than anything. But whatever. Let's see if there is another word. Comorbid definition. In medicine, comorbidity from Latin morbus, yeah, which means, you know, morbid, which means, um, I can't think of the word in English right now, okay. <laughs> that's why translator job is so hard, guys, is the presence of one or more additional conditions often co-occurring with a primary condition. So comorbidity describes the effect of all other conditions an individual patient might have other than the primary condition of interest and can be physiological or psychological. So in mental health, comorbidity often refers to disorders that are often coexistent with each other, such as depression and anxiety. Okay. I guess they could have used another word, but whatever, you know, concurrent, they could have said. Research shows that depression and anxiety are the most common comorbid psychopathologies, yeah, like concurrently, yeah, in the girls with ASD. In comparison, HDHD, so 40% of that, HDHD are 47%. And oppositional defiant disorder, 33%, are the most common comorbidities, comorbidities in boys. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that word. Yeah. Sleep problems are also much more common in girls with ASD, like 80%, than in boys. See, I never really, I didn't have a lot of problems sleeping. <clears throat> Like last night I woke up though, um, and I couldn't sleep for a bit, so I got up. I did some tapping and then it didn't last long. But I, I woke up twice and I did tapping and I went back to sleep. But usually I don't have a problem with sleep myself. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people do that I've met. This may suggest that girls tend to internalize their anger and stress, leading to symptoms such as low mood and sleep disorders. In contrast, boys tend to externalize their feelings, leading to apparent oppositional behaviors. 
These tendencies also explain why girls are diagnosed much later in life and have had to spend most of their early lives hiding their struggles in solitude. Indeed, women with ASD have been reported to make more effort to disguise their deficits and it doesn't help that diagnostic tests for ASD are developed based on the phenotype typical male with ASD, which does not include the many characteristics of neuroatypical girls. A growing body of research is nevertheless pointing to the reality of the existence of a female autism phenotype. There is empirical evidence that neurotypical girls and women exhibit higher social motivation and a greater capacity for traditional friendships than do neurotypical males. However, research into gender differences in autism is still in its early stages and there is currently no definitive, definitive account of the female autism phenotype. And anyway, any research um, that you do is always uh, affected by the researcher because the point of view really does affect the observing effects. So it's always very partial as much as... But there is partial research that, however, you know, done by different people that shows, you know, results to be similar. And then there is bullshit research that is obviously just like, you know, not even really research, it's more, and they fib and they hide the truth. Um, and that's because they're trying to sell you pills, patented pills usually, yeah. or a system. This system will work for everybody and it costs $10,000 to learn. See, EFT techniques, it's like breathing, they do work on everybody because everybody has um, meridians in the body, right? And the same meridians they use for acupressure, acupuncture, but they're free to learn. <laughs> Little difference. There are several challenges faced by girls with autism, one of the most significant being camouflage. Camouflaging is changing one's appearance, behavior, and thinking to better fit neurotypical peers. For girls with autism, this often means suppressing their natural tendencies and appearing more normal. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. This can be emotionally and mentally exhausting. It definitely is, and makes them feel deeply isolated. Yep. Even when surrounded by people. So true. Before they can engage in normal routines and everyday activities, no one sees their pain and struggles. They may feel like they are putting on a mask or acting all the time. Sometimes, after acting in their persona for so long, and in so many facets of their lives, they lose touch with who they are, resulting in a chronic sense of loneliness and identity confusion. Once again, if you show them EFT techniques, you will do such a big favor to them, you know? High-functioning autism and the highly sensitive person. High-functioning autism and being a highly sensitive person are both forms of neurodiversity. Being autistic and being highly sensitive are both innate characteristics that cannot be altered by but make you a neuroatypical misfit in the normal world. In scientific literature, highly sensitive persons are known to have sensory processing sensitivity. 
a highly sensitive person tends to have a greater response to stress, a greater capacity for noticing subtleties, subtleties, subtleties in their environment, a deeper cognitive processing of physical, social, and emotional stimuli, a greater emotional reactivity to positive and negative information, and a tendency to become overstimulated more easily. Environmental stimulation overload can affect both highly sensitive individuals and those with autism. As a result, they may unconsciously use hiding or isolation to cope with the overwhelming world. Yep. Both a highly sensitive person and someone with high-functioning autism can be exceptionally empathetic on the inside even if they express it in atypical ways or don't let it be shown at all. Yeah, so empathetic and they don't see it. <laughs> Although there is a substantial overlap between the sensory processing experiences of autistic and highly sensitive individuals, particularly their sensitivity to sensory input, the two populations do not entirely overlap. Oh, I have to let the frou-frou out. Give me a second.
thing going on with the puppies so anyway I was reading about um, high functioning autism and the highly sensitive person and I laughed it with both the highly sensitive person and someone with high functioning autism can be exceptionally empathic on the inside even if they express it in an atypical way in express it sorry in atypical ways or don't let it be shown at all Although there is a substantial overlap between the sensory processing experiencing of autism and highly sensitive individuals, particularly their sensitivity to sensory input, the two populations do not entirely overlap. Autism is currently thought to affect approximately 2% of the population, in contrast, according to Elaine Aaron's research, 20% of the population is highly sensitive. So there is, um, you know, 
a difference. And um, again, uh, for me, I don't know, uh, because there's lots of things that really um, I, I do uh, agree. Well, like in this article, there's so many things I actually experienced myself. But I, I also have seen like these differences throughout the years with my friends and stuff. And so I've never gone to get diagnosed because again, I don't really believe in Western pharma care and anything they do personally. But uh, this being said, you know, um, I have looked into it because it would explain a lot of things and challenges that I have faced in my life and, you know, uh, possibly um, how it would have been a good way to actually, you know, overcome it rather than have, you know, the challenges and living through them by myself, which, you know, yeah, it's hard sometimes because, let's face it, right? Can you stop going in and out, please? Yeah, like right now, you know, the dogs are driving me mental because they're, they're not really staying, you know, in one spot and she keeps making a mess. And to a normal person, this is not a big deal, right? But for me, um, I literally have to tap on shit like this sometimes because it's not because I want it perfect. But it's more that, you know, cleaning is very difficult and especially when you're not, um, you know, 20 anymore. <laughs> it's been not easy and um, it's it really like how some people go, well, just ignore it. I can't. I can't just fucking ignore it. That's the thing. And... Um, in this article, they explain that too, how, you know, things that other people can ignore. You can't, because you literally can't. And that's how I feel about certain things. And it's not me being petty or difficult, no, it's just too much, you know? Like, it's, it's just wrong. Like, if someone comes in, for example, and it's not that I have everything in a very specific place, but if someone comes in and touches my stuff, I notice it. It's, it's ridiculous. So there's those little things where, you know, I see a lot of uh, overlapping. So now they're both inside and I'm relaxing. And no, I'm not flipping out on them or anything like that. But I had to do a lot of work with EFT to, um, you know, reverse those kind of things basically and get a hold on them properly. So I wouldn't, you know, feel so scrambled inside, right? Because even if you're not showing it on the outside, you are not comfortable when you feel in this way inside. Nobody is. And you, me, you know, anybody. Saying you is kind of like an Italian way of speaking. <laughs> we do that and I bring it into English sometimes, I'm sorry. <laughs> in spite of, you know, being here for 25 years, I still have the Italian processes in there. Because my first 24 years I spent in Italy, right? So that's why. That's pretty strong inside of me. So then it goes, even though sensory processing in the primary 
is the primary shared characteristic between autism and high sensitive. There are variations in the manifestations of this characteristic. For example, for HSPs, um, are highly sensitive to sensory input, but autistic individuals may exhibit either hyper or hypo-reactivity to sensory input, a combination of the two or neither at all. Like, I'm always hypersensitive to a lot of like things and stimuli, but I also had migraines, right? Chronic migraines my whole life, so that also makes you... It's brutal. So autism is characterized by a preponderance of repetitive behaviors and interests, whereas individuals with heightened sensitivity may not, for example. So autism is frequently characterized by genuine physical and visceral difficulties in processing sensory information. They may then shut down, withdraw, or dissociate as a result. And the majority of highly sensitive individuals are highly attuned to their environment, whether they want to or not, and that's me. Though many may also use shutdown as a strategy. Yeah, that's when I get extremely sick. I still feel shit, but uh, I feel it less because obviously I'm in pain. And so, you know, yeah, but that's how I basically shut down. I used to anyway because now uh, it's not the same. Although autistic individuals may be oversensitive to certain stimuli or undersensitive to others, whereas highly sensitive individuals are mostly uh, bombarded with too much information. And that's exactly me. Unfortunately, we must remember that each highly sensitive person and individual on the autism spectrum is unique and perceives the world differently. We all perceive the world differently, so not just highly sensitive and autistic people. And then it goes on into highly sensitive people with high-functioning autism are deeply misunderstood. In a world where people with autism are often misunderstood, it can be difficult for neurotypical people to show sympathy or empathy. All too often, well-meaning people try to show solidarity by saying things like, I am sensitive to sound too, or I have rigid routines too. However, these statements often miss the mark because they fail to consider the unique challenges you face as an atypical individual. For example, while many neurotypical people may have sensitivities to certain sounds, they can usually filter out background noise and focus on the task at hand. People with autism, on the other hand, may find it impossible to tune out the distracting noises making everyday tasks incredibly difficult. They are not being difficult on purpose. It is a neurological limitation. And this is exactly what I've experienced my whole life. And my mom, for example, would tell me to just get over it. That, you know, like when my dog Pepsi would whine in the car and he had this high pitch whine and it would trigger a reaction inside of me that was unfucking believable and I was driving I couldn't stop and get away from it and I would yell at him stop because I literally would have that you know <laughs> she thought it was being difficult and this is exactly one of those examples so 
again, you know, uh, this is where the ignorance and arrogance and your typical uh, comes in, and it's really annoying when you are in pain and these assholes basically try and tell you. And they're not all neurotypical or assholes, obviously, that's not at all what I'm saying. But it's really bullshit that this shit happens. So saying that one can relate to these challenges, the values, the experience of highly sensitive autistic people, it sounds as though their challenges are not genuine or valid and that they should be able to cope with them like everyone else. This is not only hurtful, but it's also wrong, exactly. So, so sometimes when neurotypicals try to force their sympathy on autistic people, it only highlights the differences between them. Their well-meaning attempts at understanding often comes off as patronizing and can further isolate autistic people who already feel different from the rest of the world. So a more helpful response must be genuine, coming from a place where one understands everyone experiences the world in their own way and that there is no one right way to be. Only when a neuroatypical way of being is genuinely seen as just different, but not less than, could they feel embraced and accepted. So then it goes into why even counseling hurt. And at that point, I kind of like want to leave it at this right now because I think it's been long enough and we can always pick it up another time if you guys are interested in this. Uh, if you don't want to read the article yourself, you know, I can totally do it for you. It's a free article online, you know, and it's um, from these counselors, this uh, therapy that they offer. So it's, you know, maybe someone can also go to them if they want therapy in this. Um, I just find it really interesting how, you know, they cover every single aspect. And Al is the one who shared this with me, so thank you for doing that. And I really think that I'm so similar in so many ways to so all the things they're saying in this article. It's hilarious and right down to that last point where, yeah, I lived through that many times in my life where they were calling me difficult. Like even with the COVID was the latest one where, you know, masks trigger me and I literally go into this frenzy and yeah, it's a lot better now, but I still avoid it because it's so uncomfortable and I haven't been out in months again because I go back into that, you know, uh, place. Um, and it's just not fun to be like this. And then the people around, instead of helping you, they judge you and they call you names. You know, you're a leech, you're a burden, you're an asshole, you're lazy, you're all kinds of shit. And they don't understand at all. It's like if I was lazy, I wouldn't be cleaning, I wouldn't be doing all these tedious tasks that nobody wants to do. I wouldn't have picked this kind of jobs where I have to always work, you know, I would have picked a job where I could have faked it, like most of you do, pencil pushers, right? And yeah, I call them out because the world would be better without them, obviously, and that's my simple, humble opinion. That most people, you know, who do those jobs are just um, leeches. They are the leeches. I've always had real jobs that made a difference, but, you know, um, they don't get it. They don't get the struggle that you go through and they judge you and then they call your names and when you're young and you don't have any life perspective you believe these people because they're more often your family you know people who are supposed to love you and be there for you or your uh, teachers you know or your peers your friends even like you know 
they're not really friends, are they? When they treat you in that way and just dismiss your needs in that way. In some circles, they call that gaslighting when they try and, you know, deny your real feelings on something. And they try and make you, you know, say that what they are saying is right. So that's the real meaning of gaslighting, by the way. Many people misuse it, unfortunately. It's from a movie. Um, I didn't know that it was from a movie. I was always wondering, and I found that out. And then I realized that was a reference in Gilmore Girls about that that I never got. And I was always wondering about. And I was like, oh, that's where it came from. It, it was a movie. It was, you know, about gaslighting. Um, the dude was using that gaslight to basically, um, you know, drove the wife crazy by the wife and it was about you know him turning on the light and off and the, denying that the light was on or off and the wife saying no it's on and off and he was saying no it's not you're just going crazy and so the wife in the end anyway went crazy she was right he was lying to her but that's why gaslighting came about it's from that movie anyway um I just find it interesting that uh, so many things in this article were like so close to home, right? And I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> this explains a lot of things. And so all of a sudden, though, I do feel much better because, uh, you know, when I see this kind of stuff, because all of a sudden you're not the anomaly, you're, and I never thought it was the anomaly, obviously, uh, but um, I mean, I'm far too old now to think that if I thought that I would be a total narc, which I'm not. <laughs> but you know so many people need to feel special I'm like oh I just want to be like everybody else it's so much easier you know <laughs> when you actually think differently it's so much harder to blend in and to just be accepted and to be embraced you know and that's the bottom line so the reason why I bring this up is because all these things can be better your experience can become so much better as a neurodivergent person when you um, use EFT techniques and that's why I'm talking about this because from someone who has experienced so many of these things and challenges I can tell you that my life has improved tremendously and while yes I still live with people who don't have any love respect or you know who actually want the best interest uh, call me they abuse me verbally and emotionally and lie and you know try and always make me look like I'm the bad guy yes I still live in that condition but that's because I had that my whole life so this is just a play out of my childhood and it's more of a vanilla version of that in reality but in the same time you know if I didn't have all these tools I wouldn't even be um, able to cope with anything because um, just the physical challenges I had from my health issues were so huge and now you know yes I'm still not uh, where I want to be and I have not started the diet again yet but um, I am in a much better place and I can see it in every day in everything where you know things that used to literally cause me to go into a huge migraine episode now I just laugh at them and in worst case scenarios I tap on it and yes I feel you know sometimes energetically affected but it's nothing compared to what I used to experience before and this is because I worked on the traumas from childhood and I tap each and every time I don't feel comfortable 
So whether it's the dogs coming in and making a mess on the floor, which is obviously not a huge deal in the end, right? It is when you're just cleaned and you spend three hours cleaning, but it's not a huge deal. It's not life and death, right? So to have a tantrum for something like that to anyone who is not experiencing certain issues is out of proportion. But to someone who is experiencing this kind of issues is not. And so instead of feeling guilty about it, try tapping and see how you feel, you know, and see how you react. So I just wanted to share that and I'll let you go now and I will probably stream on the other channel in a little bit. This is pretty dead because I haven't really been streaming on this channel for a while and that's okay. But hopefully things will turn around because it's a great place for you to come, ask questions about Reiki, EFT, you know, if you want to have a guidance reading done properly by someone who actually uses proper parts, not the ego, like most of them unfortunately do. Not all of them, there's good ones out there too, but you know, of course, you know, there's all kinds uh, of good things out there, so I'm not trying to deny that. Even people who are not very kind to me, they, some of them are good. It's not that, you know, they're not good. It's just they don't like me for maybe I trigger them. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not very likable, obviously. I'm a bitch, right? So if you haven't realized that yet, I'm a selfish bitch who just, you know, leeches out and is a burden to everybody. That's what I've been told, so I must be true. <laughs> anyway, um, I hope this helps some of you who may have been wondering about stuff like this and I hope you go and read this article and again I can share it one more time there in the chat with you guys so you can go and check it out and I will see you on um, Wednesday on this channel because tomorrow I won't be streaming here most likely so see you have a good one and thank you for your wonderful support it certainly never goes unnoticed how many of you are there supporting what I do, appreciating and sharing it with the community. Amazing. Bye.